Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Thank you for joining this ACB Diabetics in Action call. Established in 2005, ACBDA is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Our primary mission is to educate and support individuals living with diabetes and vision loss, parents and caregivers. If you would like more information about ACBDA, please send an email to acbdaorg at gmail.com. Our website is www.acbda.org. If you'd like to become a member, dues are $10 annually. Visit our membership page and website at www.acbda.org. Please keep in mind that we are not medical professionals and that this call is strictly for informational purposes and is based on our members' and friends' personal experiences. You should consult with your medical team before making any changes to your diabetes care regime. Again, thank you for joining us. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our ACB Diabetics in Action monthly education call. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, and we're delighted to have all of you folks here tonight. Um, As hopefully some of you saw in my email this afternoon, our scheduled speaker, Julie Schlusher, from the Braille Institute has taken ill this week, so she's not able to join us tonight. But our own Liz Alexa volunteered to come and pinch hit tonight. So we're delighted to have Liz come and talk to us about a topic that is important to all of us, and that is um, managing our mental health. Um, the day-to-day stresses of life and all the things we have to deal with with our lives can be challenging. We all know that. So Liz is going to talk to us tonight about how to manage our mental health and to balance our mental well-being. So Liz, thank you so much for your willingness to do this tonight for us, especially in a pinch. We really appreciate that. Um, So the floor is yours. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be able to do this tonight. Um, And you're right. Mental health is such an important thing right now, more so than ever. Um, Our children are facing mental health concerns at a much earlier age. And even older adults are starting to see the depression and anxiety and stress come out more than we ever have in history. So this is a very powerful topic um, that can change lives, but is also a matter of saving lives. Um, Mental health is something that we are all born with, an innate mental health or well-being, which means it's there's no influence on it when you're born. Um, And then as we grow older, we start witnessing and learning different things, hearing different people's opinions, which can start to influence and mold our own beliefs and values. And over time, that all builds. And communities and societies influences can, can wear on us, jobs, family stress, living with diabetes. These are all things that can, can affect our mental health. And when our mental health is affected negatively, physically, emotionally, spiritually, we can also be affected. And that's why it's so important to try to stay open when it comes to talking about mental health. Um, 
I, I know in my experience, I deal with mental health every day. This is, this is my passion. This is my job. Um, and I, I cherish the opportunity to help people see what their mental health possibilities can really be and how that can influence your life better. Um, and I'll just throw out some, some things here and there. If you want to ask any questions, feel free to, to raise your hand. Um, we can have Miss Allison call on you. Um, but I want this to be your call too. I want to be able to educate um, about some tips and tricks and just some things you may not already be aware of when it comes to mental health and what keeps us ticking, truthfully. Um, and I guess we'll start out then with what is mental health? What exactly is that? Is that referring to sickness and illness? Is that referring to depression and anxiety? Is that just your perspective on life? Basically, what mental health really is, is a way to describe the condition of our mind's processes, whether we are stressed because we're thinking too much or we have a lot going on, our thoughts are racing. So that begins to stress us out and it affects our mental health. Um, chemical imbalances can affect mental health. And, you know, everybody has a different innate state of innate well-being, basically your baseline, where, they're, where you're meant to function at. And some people feel that on a regular basis and other people struggle to feel that. And, and that's why, you know, it's okay to ask for help. If you're struggling, it's actually really important to ask for help when you don't want to ask for help, because that's when you really do need it the most. Your ego tries to shut down so that it can continue to keep feeling it's used to feeling in a certain way. So you're going to, you know, it's going to be hard to try to change that that situation or that way of thinking. Um, and that's where a, a friend or support partner or any, any type of support can really come into, into assistance. Um, and as the old saying goes, you know, sometimes even the therapist needs a therapist, <laughs> you know, we all, we all need somebody. I think that goes back to a Beatles song too. If I, if I remember correctly. Um, but thinking about all of the, the things that happen in everyday life, and especially at this time of year, you know, we just wrapped up a, a summer. We just started a new school year. You know, the, the season's changing. We've been having crazy weather lately. Um, different solar things happening that are affecting electronics. All of that can be frustrating and overwhelming. And right away, then we're falling into October and the leaves are falling. Now we have more yard work to do. And, oh, it adds more to our plate. Then we have Halloween and then we have Thanksgiving and then we have Christmas and then we have New Year's. But all of that together is overwhelming. I mean, just saying that, my heart started to race a little bit. <laughs> You know, our, our minds can take over and then we'll start to influence how our bodies react into giving us physical feelings of well-being or sickness. So it's important that we try to keep our minds in a good place without overwhelming ourselves. So in that case, with all of these things going on, rather than approaching them all at one time and going, oh, my goodness, 
There's so much right now. Stop and take a breath. And whether you can see or not, closing your eyes and just slowly taking a breath in through your nose and then let it out your mouth. It's like an instant refocus for yourself because you're focusing on your breath. You instantly took your mind off of the overwhelm and you'll notice your whole body starts to relax a little bit rather than feeling so amped up. And, you know, one of my most frustrating things is when somebody says, well, you just breathe, just breathe, you know, but if said from a place of kindness and an honest, caring heart, you can say, hey friend, you know, did you try taking a breath? You know, that might be helpful right now. It's not necessarily what you say, but how you say it. Is it effective? You know, how do you feel when you say it or hear someone say something? You know, we can approach the way we want to interact with others by the way we're treating ourselves and thinking about ourselves and that whole process. You know, so rather than being overwhelmed, you take that deep breath. You bring your focus back to yourself and realize that you know, all we have, right, really, at any given moment is right now. We don't really know what's going to happen tonight, tomorrow. We can predict, but we we really truly don't know. So why are we stressing ourselves out? Why are we putting that kind of pressure on ourselves that not only affects the way we think about things and our attitudes towards ourselves and others. And, you know, we're losing out on things happening in our lives that could be absolutely beautiful because we're so focused on something else, some other time that doesn't even exist yet. I'm hoping that makes sense. And I maybe I should stop here and say, does anyone have any questions about this so far? Do you have any raised hands, Allison? Or? Not seeing any yet, Tom. Okay. All right. Well, I'll keep going. And if any raise, then you can gladly interrupt me. Okay. I'll do it, Liz. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh-huh. So when we're trying to keep a steady focus on something, we, we can break it down. If I tell you, you know what, you need to sit down right now and eat all of the meals that you would be able to eat for the rest of your life, you have to eat them all right now. And you're probably rolling your eyes saying, this lady's crazy. You can't do that. Well, not only can you not do that because you'd explode, but it's overwhelming to think about having to do that. So what has our bodies done to... To fix that, oh, we eat a couple times every day. You know, we get full when we've had too much to let us know, okay, you're good for a little bit. You know, now you don't have to worry about that for a while. And it gives your mind a little break. Planning ahead can be helpful, but breaking it down into smaller pieces is what can really make a difference. Focus on one thing at a time, one day at a time. If you have multiple things, fantastic. But there's still one thing at a time. Multitasking takes your full effort away from everything. 
just a little bit. Because you've gone from having one thing to having two things. So now your tension is split 50-50 rather than 100%. That can be very overwhelming too. But if it works for you, it works for you. You know, I'm, I'm bringing up these different situations because some people do get overwhelmed with something like that, like multitasking, when others might not. So whatever you hear tonight that might resonate with you, go with it. Give, see what happens. But a lot of it has to do with what do we really want? How do we want to feel? If you think about life in general, the ultimate goal of everything is joy. And the reason I say that is, you know, so many people work so hard at their job because they want money. Well, okay, they may tell you they want more money, but why do they want more money? Well, because I want a big, I want to build a bigger house. Okay, well, why do you want a bigger house? Well, because family means a lot to me and I want to move my in-laws in with me. Okay, and why would you want to do that? Because I'm happiest when I'm with my family. There's the answer. The joy that, that you get when you're with your family. It's not that they want more money. It's that they want to be with family so they can break it up into smaller pieces to work towards that joy. People work hard so they can get a vacation. Why do they want vacation? Because they want to feel good. They want to de-stress, get away from that everyday stress. But a lot of times we put that stress on ourselves. And that stress does not only affect our moods and our emotions, but our physical feelings. You know, uh, earlier I had mentioned about just listing all of the different things that my heart started to race. That's a physical reaction just to a thought. So I'm going to do just a little simple activity with you all. And if you don't mind playing along, uh, it's really beneficial to mental health. So what I would like you to do is imagine that you and I are standing in a kitchen together, just you and me. And I have out a cutting board and I have this whole bowl of fresh picked lemons from my parents' backyard. And we're going to make some fresh lemonade, but I have to cut up all of these lemons first and make sure that they're okay and, and then squeeze them. You can smell the lemons, you know, that you, already just because they're freshly picked and they're in the room. But as soon as I pick up that lemon and I slice my knife through it and the juice just pours out of this lemon, you can smell the zest oil that comes out right away and your mouth might start to pucker because you can smell the lemon and how tart that is. So I cut them in little wedges and I give you a wedge and I say, put this wedge in your mouth and bite down and suck on it. Did anyone feel a change in their mouth? Did anyone feel a pucker in their mouth? Right there, that's because the body is responding to what the mind is telling it, what we are perceiving. And a lot of times that comes along with, with listening and being in the moment. My mouth was, 
I was wiping the corners of my mouth as I was talking about it because I could picture that lemon as if it was right here and my body was responding. And that's what our body does with stress, with anxiety, with depression. Simply when, when we just feel like, okay, we've had enough and we need a break. That feeling of overwhelm, that's not joy. So we want to get back to joy quicker. So we adjust our thoughts. Not necessarily, oh, stop thinking about the pink elephant. But whatever you do, don't think about that pink elephant. No one's saying something like that. You know, you're not just going to stop thinking about things. But you can start to remember that if you do think about certain things, how that can bring you back to that good feeling. You know, if you close your eyes and take that deep breath, in that breath, you can put yourself standing on the, in the sand at the edge of the ocean. When you're breathing in, imagine that that's that fresh, warm, salt water air and that warmth of the sun on you. And you'll notice the difference in how your body feels. You'll feel a little more relaxed. And sometimes it takes more than just one breath. Sometimes it may take a few, but it really can center your mind and bring you back to where you need to be into a state of calm and a state of peace and feeling that inner joy. And sometimes it's even harder to do so because... You think, okay, well, that sounds easy enough, but I'm going through something really challenging right now. And it absolutely is terrible. You know, and you're sad and you're frustrated and you're depressed. How do you get out of that? It takes time and it takes effort. There's no magic answer on how to get out of it. But you have to really want it bad enough. And I'm not saying that just wanting or changing your thoughts will fix depression. Some people do need medication. And if you ever feel like you're in that spot where you're just kind of existing and surviving, it may be a good time to talk with your your medical team and, and see if somebody would be available to talk to and see if maybe a medication may be beneficial or just talking with somebody about what's going on can be helpful because putting that out into the universe, speaking it out loud, it affects our brains differently than when we hear it from somebody else. I'm sure we've all heard the phrase by parents saying, well, I can tell you that 15 times and it never made a lick of difference, but so-and-so came and said it to you and you listened the first time. It's a different voice. It's the true voice when you speak it out loud. You're hearing your own and you're feeling and hearing your own truth, which will make your your brain and your your heart want to go for it more, to reach for something not as depressing, to try to get out of bed and and go through your day. And being kind to ourselves is something that so many of us struggle to do. We have these expectations that we put out into the universe for other people and for ourselves. 
and is you think yes ma'am sorry didn't mean to interrupt but wanted to let you know we do have a couple of raised hands ah. are you ready oh that's what i like okay okay first up we have someone with telephone number 470 ending in 186 if you could please unmute and tell us who you are and go ahead with your question or comment it's Les Cameron from Georgia. Hey, Hi, Les. You, Les. Hey, how you doing? Hey, okay, to help out you? that young, I'm doing fantastic now. To help out that young lady, I found a book in Bard, and it's called "Why Didn't They Tell Me That?" And it is so interesting, and it told me. When you're having anxiety, write it down, either on your computer or whatever you want to do, and write down what you're thinking about and what's making you angry, and play it back to yourself. And then if you want, it also tells the, the book tells you, name your brain. Give it a name. Hey, Jim. How come you're aggravating me today? Yesterday you were so good. You know, people think you're crazy if you talk to yourself. No, you're not crazy. You're smart. This book is, is really the one of the best books I've found on how to cope with anxiety. I did, I helped myself. I went to my GP doctor and I am taking anxiety medicine. And I'll tell you, I've been taking it for four weeks now, and what a difference. Uh, I don't get angry at stupid little things anymore. And when I do get angry, I can cope with it better. But I found out prior to that, writing down what made me angry and then reading it to myself, because I write it in Jaws, and I read it back to myself, I go, are you really serious, Les? That's stupid. Why are you getting so mad over that? Um, if somebody makes you upset, like if I made you upset, but you don't want to talk to me about it, write me a letter, but don't send it to me. And you just play it back and you answer, like if I sent it to you, you answer it yourself. And what a difference. It, it has helped me a great deal on how many silly little things I was picking on that mean nothing. Just ignore it. Say, okay, fine. That's your attitude? Man, you know what? I'm going to have fun because life is too short to be upset constantly and bored. Les, Les, may I yeah, ask okay. you something? When yes, you said that you're not getting upset over those little things anymore do you know notice a difference that you feel more joy more frequently yes i do yeah yeah that's awesome and i'm so happy for you that's a great story and you. i am so glad that you're feeling better and what i've learned also because buying people in sight people get bored very quickly because there's times we got nothing to do or nowhere to go. And I've done this all my life because I've been sight impaired all my life. The last 23 years I've been blind. I'm 75 years old. 
when I couldn't drive or nothing, I always made believe if I was riding my bicycle, I was the fastest motorcycle driver going. Um, when I was mowing a lawn, I was the fastest start car driver. And I found out that when you make believe you're doing something that's uh, outstanding, the time goes by a lot quicker and you forget about the boredom. And you just have to, you know, live every day, like I, in my uh, end of my emails, I live every day for me and I enjoy it. And I did need assistance and a lot of us do. I was taking Xanax for a while, only a, a half a pill every other day. Then um, my doctor told me about this medication. It's five milligrams. You take it once a day, works for 24 hours. Takes about three to four weeks to work. What a difference. And Angela's on this call and she can verify it that I'm a lot calmer, collected, and I take things in stride now. And just, you got to learn to create a new world for yourself. Because we have to learn, being blind, we have to learn to do things all over again, but in a different way. And if you make fun out of it, and you learn how to do something, and you say, I vacuum, and when I'm vacuuming, I'm a street cleaner. Oh, look how beautiful I made them streets. My, my wife's going to be proud of me with the street. I'm not nuts. I'm happy, and I'm making myself comfortable. Um, I talk to my dog like I'm talking to you guys, and there's times, Andrew can verify it, my dog will answer me, you know. Um, believe me. You're, you're, if people say, what are you, crazy? You talk to yourself? Yeah, and I get good answers, too. I like my answers. And it's just, uh, I was on a meeting the other night, and a guy said, I got a question. When will, he's only been a blind a year and a half. He says, when will I get used to being blind? I said, sorry, sir, I have to disappoint you. You will never get used to being blind. You will learn to tolerate it. You will learn to substitute it, but you'll never get used to it because I don't care. I've been blind for 23 years and I've lived in this house for five years. And guess what? You know how many times I got lost in one room or another because I get, I get, uh, disoriented, just, Combolated, messed up. <laughs> um, can't think of a word. But I stop. I think of where I'm at. I touch different things. As oh, I'm in the dining room. Gee, I thought I was in the other bedroom. And I told him, you, you, I don't care. Maybe other people will. But I've been blind for 23 years, and I haven't gotten used to it yet. I tolerate it. I say. My blindness is not a handicap to me. It's an inconvenience. But I learned how to re-see with my ears, my sense of smell, my sense of touch, and everything else. And my dog. My dog is a good one. But 
Tell me to stop, or I'm going to keep going on until the meeting's over. Cause I know <laughs> well, we, you got other. People. We got a few more questions, Les, but <laughs> thank you. Do. Yes, thank you, Les, and keep up the great work. We're all really proud of you. Oh, thank you. We'll go with the next question, then, Miss Allison. All right. Next up, we have Roberta. Hi, Roberta. Hello. Um. You, as you were talking, Liz, and thank you for filling in. Um, as you were talking, something occurred to me that a technique I use when I'm, I know that I'm like overwhelmed I, and I will recognize it because I will stand at my closet and go pink or blue. What do I wear today? A pink shirt or a blue shirt? I can't decide. And then I go, huh. that is my sign that my stress meter is pegged. To the max and that's when i have to stop and say how important is this yes i'm very very stressed now i recognize it and it's sort it's sort of a mindfulness thing it's like just recognizing that i am feeling overwhelmed and i'm so stressed i can't make the simplest decision you know do i wear a pink shirt or a blue shirt when it when they're consequence of the choice is completely irrelevant to life so um that's just one of the things that i mean i find that very helpful for me when i'm you know the whole mindfulness thing of just recognizing the symptoms you know it's it's kind of like looking from the outside in and saying i'm gonna take i'm gonna stop i'm gonna take a breath and i'm gonna go you are feeling overly stressed and overwhelmed and that, just that little momentary stop for me to just stop and and take a breath and say, your stressometer is pegged. That that really helps me. So just that's, wanted to share that one. No, that's fantastic. That actually is where I was going next because <sighs> I was going to say it's so amazing what the body has already has going on in it. For example, giving us those signs. So I'm sure we've all ridden in the in a car at some point in time where we've been on a highway and whoever's driving hits the rumble strips on the side of the road and shakes the whole car. And, you know, that is like anxiety. And you're probably going, oh, here she goes again. (laughs) But really, that is that is the universe's way of letting you know, okay, your car isn't where it belongs. You need to get back on track, recenter yourself in that lane. And that's all anxiety is those feelings that we get the, the tight chest, the shortness of breath, the pounding heart, the lightheadedness, the, the feelings of overwhelm. That's your body saying, okay, you got too much going on. You're making too much out of something that doesn't need to be. You know, take a deep breath, acknowledge it, and then you can figure out where to go from there. Because isn't the other phrase, you know, knowing is half the battle? If you know what is causing this right now, it's not necessarily something, but you can say, I'm upset because I'm anxious. Okay, well, now you, you know you're upset. You know you're anxious. Okay, so you need to just calm down a little first. And then you can identify what it was that was making you anxious in that moment. And then you can evaluate that. Like Les was saying, if you need to write it down, play it back to yourself and 
is that worth something stressing my to stress myself out? Because then it might start affecting your blood sugars. It can increase blood pressure, which puts us at greater risk of heart issues and other health issues. You know, is stress really that worth it? And that state of well-being, I've heard so many people say, oh, I'm so sad. Well, it's nice to meet you. So sad. I'm Liz. You know, you're not sad. You're feeling sad. And even adding that word of feeling in there can actually affect the way you're physically feeling and emotionally feeling about a situation because you're not putting a label on yourself and saying, this is what I am. No, I'm having a feeling. What you are is a beautiful soul that has so much to offer the whole world around you, no matter who you are. And you just happen to be feeling sad in that moment, or you happen to be feeling overwhelmed in that moment. And that ends up taking a lot of pressure off of ourselves. So let's go back. I want to make sure that we get all the hands before I go on further, but I just wanted to throw that in there to, to add in with yours and Les's statement there, Roberta. Thank you so much. Okay, so we have two more hands uh, at the moment, Liz. Shall we keep yes, going with those? Or? Okay. Absolutely. All right, Kim, you may unmute. Hi, Kim. Hello. Hi. Um, I just want to remind people or tell them for the first time, if they don't know, um, your faith can have a lot to do with it with controlling this anxious fear whatever it is um god you believe in god you have your faith and without getting too preachy i will say if if you're anxious or worried turn worry into worship it really does work just start worshiping and oh my gosh i'm serious it will take your mind takes your mind off you puts it on god and things just kind of click back into perspective so that's what i wanted to say thank you so much for giving that perspective kim we really appreciate that Welcome. All right. Next up is DJ. Hi, DJ. Hi, Liz. Uh, Liz and I met, where do we meet? We met in a Dexcom group. <laughs> Had nothing to do with blindness. It was Dexcom, right? Yes, ma'am. On Facebook. Yeah. On Facebook. And it was weird, too run into another blind person who blindness wasn't the uh, a big part of the group and in the we that's how we connected i forget when i go on there that sometimes that 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 group is not a blind people mostly it's mostly sighted people anyway um good topics sorry that um uh julie isn't here and I've been trying to get a hold of her anyway. Um, 
And uh, what I wanted to add to all this is that how I've been working on just different elements of my life. Oh, since the beginning of COVID, right? And I've had family in and out of the house and and different things. And uh, I find I found that um, I did a lot of reading, and there's there a scientific approach is is um, a, is the breathing when you catch yourself, depending what you're doing and you feel very stressed and you need to bring the stress down immediately so that you can even start to think at all, it may take you to a place where you can't make a decision, but at least you have to get there. And there's this thing called, um, it's a sigh. You take a deep breath and then a slight little more breath so that you fill your lungs totally and then and then breathe out. And do about three of those, and you'll find that your heart rate will drop, and your uh, focus can, uh, you know, back up and look at the all, and then focus in, like as if you adjust your adjust um, your hearing or your thought process a little bit, and then then you go into that part where you're trying to decide. Um, whether or not you're going to uh, wear a particular color or not, or it's how important it is or is not at the moment. And then you can start working on why do you feel anxious? Anx anxiety can be can occur over uh, sad things or they can occur over happy things. It just means your body's saying, you know, things are catching up on you and you've got to, you've got some problem that you need to prioritize and start to think about. And, and then once you can break it down, like you were saying, then you can start looking at what you need, what you uh, need to do in that particular process. And whether it be something that's overwhelming, do you have enough information you need? What all do you need to accomplish it? And accomplishing a goal is okay in itself, but it's getting the goal accomplished that can really, in the end, be totally rewarding. It's how you get to that, that end and finding ways to do that and to help your body and mind work together is what will um, take the long-term stress away because you'll go, oh, I have methods I know how to use. Be them, hey, they can be uh, chemical, they can be medications, and they can also still be um, working out, exercising, uh, stretching, breathing, all to get your focus in organized your your thoughts um and so it's it's a two-way street your body with your mind and your mind with your with your body and there's a lot of scientific literature out there now about how the different chemicals in your brain and the wiring of your brain work 
and and how certain chemicals are released um, and they go hand in hand. So when we're talking about diabetics and food, the that the brain works with that with chemicals that say that you're hungry or you're not hungry or different tastes and different things. And then again, if you can work with what you eat, you'll find that the rewards can can control some of those chemicals too. I hope that made some sense. I I think I was following what you were saying. Yes. So and I wasn't all... even disagreeing. Huh? No, I, I think that's all very valid points. It's all about being aware of what's going on and what are you you willing to to work with and how are what are you going to do to make the changes you need to feel the way you want to feel ultimately yes yes yeah that's that's wonderful miss allison do we have any other hands raised we have one at the moment and it is less again less has raised his hand again Okay, we'll see. Maybe that might be Angela because he calls in with her. Hey, well, Les, if you or Angela, if you could unmute. No, it's not Angela. It's me. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, it's not Angela. It's me. I want to bring out a point because they all make very good, valid points. But the most thing I learned in my 75 years of being alive is that you can train your mind to believe anything you want it to believe. Uh, this happened to me twice. I was so bored because I didn't go anywhere, wasn't doing anything. I sat there and I made believe I was having a heart attack. I actually had pains in my chest. I had my wife rush me to the hospital and they took a EKG. They, they said, there's nothing wrong with you. And they sent a, um, a psychologist in and she was talking to me. And she says, oh yeah, your EKGs are checked. She goes, being blind, do you get to go places? I said, no. She said, do you think you made this up so that you could get out? I looked at her, I says, well, you know the truth, Ben. I did. And once I told the truth, I felt 100% better. But it was for me to be able to get out and just visit somebody for a half hour or an hour or an hour. You know, so I learned a long time ago, you can teach your brain to do anything you want it to do. And it's everybody's got valid points here. And the, the brain is the funniest thing. It does what you want it to do. And you can either be happy or sad or like the lady said, you can have an anxiety attack with something very good that's going on and something bad. I'll give somebody else a chance, but I just wanted to bring that point out. And the other point is I'm not afraid to admit it. 
in the last year, I've been going to, I call him the brain doctor, a psychiatrist. And what a difference it's made because she's helped me explain to me why we do certain things. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Les. And Liz, we currently have no more raised hands. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. And would you be able to give me a 10-minute warning and then I can go? Yes. I'll just go until then and then we can, I guess, ask any final questions or any final thoughts? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, what, what Les just said that we can make our, our minds think anything we want, it's, it's a very accurate statement. Um, research has shown, and I actually had to do a study on this when I was um, in college a few years back, and it was part of my, my graduation thesis that sport players who, you know, we'll say basketball players, for example, if you take 10 basketball players and have those people go to the gym every single day and shoot baskets with a basketball for five hours straight, you know, trying just the same shot from the same place, see how many baskets they get for practicing. And they do that for about six weeks. And then they have 10 other players who are told to stay home and lay in their recliner at home and for five hours a day, simply imagine making that basket every time they throw a basketball. They were only to think about it. 52% of the people who, 52% of the people who went into the gym every day to practice ended up doing partly well. You know, they had mostly baskets, but a few that didn't make it. 92% of those who simply imagined making the baskets made their baskets in the final tournament. And it goes to show that muscle memory is one thing, but brain power is so much more. And the brain has so much power over what we do, how we respond, but we also have control over how the brain allows us to act. Um, a friend of mine once said to me that, Liz, you make friends so easily. You get along with everybody, you know, and you're so kind and gentle. Well, thank you. And then she goes, but you know, if you treated your friends the way you treat yourself, you wouldn't have any friends. And it really gave me pause because here all of these years, all my 38 years of living, I was thinking that, well, I was supposed to be something different than everybody else. But why? I was putting unnecessary stress on myself when I could be just the way I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. Rather than always trying to be something, the act of just being can make all of the difference. It can take those extra levels of stress off. It can take that 
unhealthy feeling away that we get in the pit of our gut and the headaches. It can take away pain emotionally and physically. If we try to come from a place of love in every aspect of life, in every approach that we encounter, whether it be another living human being or you're just walking down the street and you're talking to the sidewalk, it doesn't matter. People notice when you have a smile and the more you smile, the more endorphins that are released into your body and the better you feel. It's, you know, they call it God's natural high. And it's a great feeling. And you don't have to feel yucky all the time. And you don't have to feel up all the time either. But being realistic can make a huge difference too. Accepting the fact that you can't eat all of your meals at one time. You're not going to be able to take your blood sugars from having a 14.9 A1C down to a 5.9 A1C in a month. It's not realistic. You can't lose 400 pounds in a year. It's not realistic. But what could be realistic is losing a few pounds a month. What could be realistic is setting aside a few hours of vacation time when you're supposed to take it so that you can take a longer vacation sometime. What is worth it is knowing that you're enough just the way you are and that it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel your feelings. But what you need to acknowledge those feelings and know when it's time to to step back and do something about those feelings or really embrace them and say, you're right where you need to be. 10 minutes, Liz. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Miss Allison. <laughs> and you do no, have I, a couple of hands. Go ahead. Wonderful. We, then we will go to those. I didn't, I hated to interrupt you like that. Um, That's quite okay. See. We have Les and then Becky. So who, who, let's uh, take Becky because Les has uh, talked a few times already. Yes. Okay. Hi, Liz. I just wanted to say, um, you know, I, I agree with the, everything that you've shared. And, and I think it's important that we all know that, you know, and you, you touched upon this at the beginning that mental health covers a wide range of things. And one thing that I have found in the past, um, probably the past year or two, is that sometimes we as people have a perception of what it is. And sometimes that perception is not always spot on. Um, and, and then, um, and I know in my own life that I've run into where people make assumptions and people make comments that really don't fit the picture. And um, I guess what I'd like to know is, is what is your thought on how to shield yourself from words that really don't apply or don't fit the situation? That's a great question. You know, I look at every conversation as me being behind a bubble or inside a bubble. And I choose what words can penetrate 
the bubble and get in for me to absorb. And I can choose what words bounce off. And all it is is a simple twist in my imagination is, you know, I'm going to be starting a conversation with somebody. Instantly, I'm in a bubble. Because truly words themselves cannot hurt and cannot be misleading. It's our understanding of those words and how we interpret those words. Um, and it's important to just keep in mind that, you know, everybody sees things differently. I mean, a, an incident can occur and there may be 50 bystanders, but you're not going to get the same story from any single one of the people. You may get similar stories, but not one single person has the same perspective. Everybody comes from different places. And sometimes we as people just need to say, you know what? I, I can't take this personally. I don't know, you know, say it's something you don't understand or it doesn't fit. Then you just let that bounce off your bubble and just let it go. And if it bounces back again, then just, you know, make it a little extra bouncy and then you can laugh about it to yourself. Be like, okay, I just shot that one way over the baseball field. You know, but it's really all about making sure that when we are conversing with people, we are being clear that we're truly listening. That Because there's a huge difference between listening and listening. And this, you know, are you this, is, this is Tom, excuse me. Yes. I just wanted to sneak in a couple of announcements before we get, we're getting close to the top of the hour. Oh, sure. Um, is that okay if but, I interrupt you for I, a second? May sure, I just ask if I answer Becky's question? Sure. Did, did that help at all, Becky? Yeah. I just wanted to get, you know, maybe kind of another perspective on, um, you know, things that, some of us, um, not just myself, but a lot of people often face. And I know in my days of working with domestic violence um, situations, and, you know, this was something that came up a lot. So I just thought maybe having a little touch on that would be good. So thank you. Thank you. I hope it was helpful. Okay, sir, I will let you take over the rest if you'd like. Well, just a few announcements I'd like to make. So for those of you that are still here, I wanted to let you know that our next casual chat is this Saturday, uh, September 16th at 5 p.m. Eastern. So we hope that anyone that is interested in coming and having an open conversation and casual chat will join us 5 to 6 Eastern. Um, on Monday, uh, the fourth uh, Monday of uh, September, which is the 25th, is our second casual chat at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, so 7.30, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, our board meeting is coming up on uh, Thursday, uh, September 28th, and that's at 8 o'clock as well. Um, that may not be as exciting as some of the other things, but I wanted our people to know about it. And so um, if you have any questions or you'd like to learn more, you can certainly visit our website, at, as Larry said in his announcement earlier, at www.acbda.org. Um, ton of information out there. Our membership link is there if you want to consider joining. Um, and then finally, if you have any questions for Liz or for any of us in ACB Diabetics in Action, please send an email to acbdaorg 
at gmail.com. That's A-C-B-D-A-O-R-G at gmail.com. So is there any final words, uh, Liz? I'm happy to do it. I just want to get that in there so that uh, as people are starting to exit, we, we try to get it to as many people as possible. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank I just you. want to thank you guys for allowing me to to share about this topic because it is something that I'm passionate about, but more so that is so desperately needed to be talked about. Uh, mental health for so many years has been hush-hush and there has been a lot of shame and embarrassment around talking about mental health. And there's so much more to mental health than that. And nobody should have to feel shamed for, for having a struggle or for feeling off. And talking about it is something that can really, really make a difference. Um, if anybody is ever interested, you know, I'm, I'm willing to listen to talk. Um, if you have any questions, like Mr. President said, you can email uh, the list at acbdaorg at gmail.com. Um, but it, it really has been an honor to be able to be here and talk about this tonight. I hope it's it's helped some of you or maybe just offered a different perspective. You know, you don't have to agree with what everybody says. You know, whatever resonates with you, let that in your bubble. Whatever doesn't, let it bounce off. And it'll impact somebody else when it needs to, when it needs to, in the right time. Um, but just so know that I you don't have want... to. Go ahead. You don't have to go through anything alone. So always feel free to reach out, and especially if you're struggling, that's it's really important to to have somebody to help keep you going. Definitely, and I just want to say, didn't mean to interrupt you, but thank you so much for stepping up tonight and, and pro providing an excellent call on our mental health and how we can better deal with it. And uh, it was a great presentation, great participation from the audience. And, and um, Allison, thank you so much again for being our host. And uh, I hope we see all of you at one of our calls coming up or at the very least next month for our September or October um, call, uh, which should be very informative.